Chapter Two of The Gloved Hand by Burton E. Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Two A Strange Neighbor. Mechanically, I followed Godfrey down the ladder and, guided by the flaring lights, made my way back to the car. I climbed silently into my seat while Godfrey started the motor then we rolled slowly up the driveway and stopped before the door of a house standing deep among the trees wait for me here a minute godfrey said and when i had got out handed me my suitcase and then drove the car on past the house no doubt to its garage he was soon back opened the house door switched on the lights and waved me in here we are he said i'll show you to your room and he led the way up the stairs opening a door in the hall at the top this is it he added and switched on the lights here also the bathroom is right at the end of the hall wash up if you need to and then come down we will have a good night's smoke it was a pleasant room with the simplest of furniture the night breeze ruffled the curtains at the windows and filled the room with the cool odor of the woods how different it was from the odor of dirty asphalt but i was in no mood to linger there i wanted an explanation of that strange light and of those two white-robed figures so i paused only to open my grip change into a lounging coat and brush off the dust of the journey then i hastened downstairs godfrey met me at the stair-foot and led the way into what was evidently a lounging room a tray containing some cold meat bread and butter cheese and a few other things stood on a side table and to this godfrey added two bottles of bass no doubt you're hungry after the ride he said i know i am and he opened the bottles help yourself and he proceeded to make himself a sandwich you see i live the simple life out here i've got an old couple to look after the place mr and mrs hargis mrs hargis is an excellent cook but to ask her to stay awake till midnight would be fiendish cruelty so she leaves me a lunch in the ice-box and goes quietly off to bed i'll give you some berries for breakfast such as you don't often get in new york and the cream wait till you try it have a cigar no i said sitting down very content with the world i've got my pipe and i proceeded to fill up godfrey took down his own pipe from the mantel-shelf and sat down opposite me a moment later two puffs of smoke circled toward the ceiling now i said looking at him go ahead and tell me about it godfrey watched a smoke ring whirl and break before he answered about ten days ago he began just at midnight i happened to glance out of my bedroom window as i was turning in and caught a glimpse of a queer light apparently sinking into the treetops i thought nothing of it but two nights later at exactly the same time i saw it again i watched for it the next night and again saw it just for an instant you understand as it formed high in the air and started downward the next night i was up a tree and saw more of it but it was not until night before last that i found the place from which the whole spectacle could be seen the trees are pretty thick all around here and i doubt if there is any other place from which those two figures would be visible then there were two figures i said for i had begun to think that my eyes had deceived me there certainly were standing in space oh no standing on a very substantial roof but what is it all about i questioned why should that light descend every midnight what is the light anyway that's what i brought you out here to find out 
you've got four clear days ahead of you and i'll be at your disposal from midnight on if you happen to need me but you must have some sort of idea about it i persisted at least you know whose roof those figures were standing on yes i know that the roof belongs to a man named worthington vaughan ever hear of him i shook my head neither had i said godfrey up to the time i took this place even yet i don't know very much he's the last of an old family who made their money in real estate and are supposed to have kept most of it he's a widower with one daughter his wife died about ten years ago and since then he has been a sort of recluse and has the reputation of being queer he has been abroad a good deal and it is only during the last year that he has lived continuously at this place next door which is called elmhurst that's about all i've been able to find out he certainly lives a retired life for his place has a twelve-foot wall around it and no visitors need apply how do you know i tried to make a neighborly call yesterday and wasn't admitted mr vaughan was engaged getting ready for his regular midnight hocus-pocus perhaps i took a meditative puff or two is it hocus-pocus godfrey i asked at last if it is it's a mighty artistic piece of work and if it isn't hocus-pocus what is it godfrey retorted a spiritual manifestation i confess i had no answer ready ideas which seemed reasonable enough when put dimly to oneself became absurd sometimes when definitely clothed with words there are just two possibilities godfrey went on either it's hocus-pocus or it isn't if it is it's done for some purpose two men don't go out on a roof every night at midnight and fire off a roman candle and wave their arms around just for the fun of the thing it wasn't a roman candle i pointed out a roman candle is visible when it's going up and bursts and vanishes at the top of its flight that light didn't behave that way at all it formed high in the air remained there stationary for a moment gradually grew brighter and then started to descend it didn't fall it came down slowly and at an even rate of speed and it didn't drift away before the breeze as it would have done if it had been merely floating in the air it descended in a straight line it gave me the impression of moving as though a will actuated it as though it had a distinct purpose there was something uncanny about it godfrey nodded thoughtful agreement i have felt that he said and i admit that the behavior of the light is extraordinary but that doesn't prove it supernatural i don't believe in the supernatural especially i don't believe that any two mortals could arrange with the heavenly powers to make a demonstration like that every night at midnight for their benefit that's too absurd that is absurd i assented and yet it isn't much more absurd than to suppose that two men would go out on the roof every night to watch a roman candle as you call it come down unless of course they're lunatics no said godfrey i don't believe they're lunatics at least not both of them i have a sort of theory about it but it's a pretty thin one and i want you to do a little investigating on your own account before i tell you what it is it's time we went to bed don't get up in the morning till you're ready to probably i'll not see you till night i have some work to do that will take me off early but mrs hargis will make you comfortable and i'll be back in time to join you in another look at the roman candle he uttered the last words jestingly but i could see that the jest was a surface one and that at heart he was deeply serious evidently the strange star had impressed him even more than it had me though perhaps in a different manner i found that it had impressed me deeply enough for i dreamed about it that night dreamed and woke only to fall asleep and dream and wake again 
i do not remember that i saw any more in the dream than i had seen with my waking eyes but each time i awoke trembling with apprehension and bathed in perspiration as i lay there the second time staring up into the darkness and telling myself i was a fool there came a sudden rush of wind among the trees outside then a vivid flash of lightning and an instant rending crash of thunder and then a steady downpour of rain i could guess how the gasping city welcomed it and i lay for a long time listening to it as it dripped from the leaves and beat against the house a delightful coolness filled the room an odor fresh and clean and when at last with nerves quieted i fell asleep again it was not to awaken until the sun was bright against my curtains End of chapter 2 Read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California, shaggybark.blogspot.com